Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, yeah, I feel the fever coming on. Oh, you know you're all I want. Keep saying when we last left off, I was right in the middle of my hot girl summer. I had just gotten back from Atlanta and was preparing for a photo shoot. Today's the day of my shoot, and I wake up and excitedly check my phone. Because today also happens to be the day they're announcing the finalists for the Signal Podcast Awards. Congratulations. Your work has been recognized as a finalist in the second annual Signal Awards. The subject line says it all. Our podcast is a finalist for Best Gateway Podcast. Oh my God, what a way to start this epic day. Now, let me be clear. This photo shoot isn't just a photo shoot. It's a transformational experience. The day will start around 8.30 this morning and will go well into the evening. There will be a hair and makeup artist who does full hair and makeup in the morning and then touches up throughout the entire day. We'll go to five different locations and of course, there will be accompanying outfit changes. Six outfit changes to be exact, including a sexy outfit for a mini boudoir shoot. After a shoot with my photographer, Wendy, I always end up feeling like a movie star. Once my hair and makeup is done, we start with the boudoir shoot. I'm wearing the black lace bodysuit I wore on my third date with Hubba Hubba and a black lacy robe that I bought when I was visiting the south of France. I always thought it was the sexiest, most romantic robe, but I've never actually worn it. It's just hung in my closet for the last five years. I thought we did all the hot girl summer notes to self last episode, but here's another one for you. Hot girl summer note to self lucky number 13. Wear all the things you've never worn in your closet. Just find an occasion or make an occasion and wear it. I don't know if anyone will ever see these photos, but they'll definitely be fun to have. I've now done six different boudoir shoots in my lifetime, and I've never regretted any of them. No matter my weight or how I felt about my body, they always give me an immediate boost of confidence. Hot Girl Summer, note to self number 14, the ultimate sexiness hack do the boudoir shoot. And do it now. Don't wait. I change into a cozy, cute little loungewear outfit that I bought in Atlanta, and we take a number of shots in my bedroom. And then we head to the Via Hotel for lunch and some shots with a podcast mic. Then we go to Starbucks and Home Depot for some playful shots with my new I'm single baseball cap on. And the day ends with shots of me wearing a long ball gown, sipping champagne in the marina, surrounded by boats. Like I said, a photo shoot with Wendy is a magical experience that always leaves me feeling like a queen. Plus, you get photos to boot. Too bad I've sworn off dating apps because I know these would be the perfect photos to entice some new suitors. Once the shoot is over, I head home feeling like a million bucks. I flop down on my couch and quickly realize I have no one to celebrate my big day with. My hair and makeup looks so good. I just wish I had somewhere to go now. All dressed up, no place to go, never felt so on point. I don't even have someone to celebrate my big Signal Award nomination with. I text Melissa to see if she feels like grabbing a drink to help me celebrate, but she's not in the mood. 
We have plans the following day anyway. Looking back, I should have poured myself another glass of champagne and toasted myself. I did sort of get to celebrate with the photo shoot, but I should have planned something to do. I knew the nominations were coming out. I should have made a backup plan in case I was nominated. Hot Girl Summer note to self number 15, always pre-plan your celebrations. Make sure you celebrate yourself and don't wait for someone else to do it for you or with you. And also, always assume you're going to get the nomination. Following week, Misha comes to town for her work convention in San Diego. Although I had originally contemplated texting Hubba Hubba to keep me company during the work portions of her convention, I decided not to and just enjoyed my time connecting with Misha. I've really gotten very excited about my girlfriend time lately. So much so, when I travel, I almost don't think about meeting men anymore. Almost. Because now it's finally time for the Golden Sky Festival. The Golden Sky Festival is a two-day country music festival that I found while stalking one of my favorite artists' concert schedules. When I saw that Eric Church was also playing, I immediately bought two tickets. And at the time, had dreams of attending with a not-yet-identified boyfriend. But after the revelations of the last couple months, I invited Brittany, my best friend from childhood, to be my date. As I mentioned last episode, Brittany looks like a real-life Barbie. And so when I invited her to attend the festival as my wingwoman, I jokingly told her, I'm going to use you as bait. Brittany has a boyfriend and loves country music, so she really seemed to be the perfect wingwoman for this. Brittany and I fly out today, and of course, I've waited until the last minute to pack. I have my cutoff jean shorts, a couple tank tops, and my bathing suit on the bed. I'm packing my bathing suit knowing I'm almost positive I won't wear it as I've had my hair blown out for the concert and I want to make sure it lasts as long as possible. I put everything in my bag and start packing my toiletries. All of a sudden, I feel inspired to pack some condoms. I have to think about it though. Where would they be? I go over to the lowest drawer in my bathroom and pull it open. Ah, yes, here they are. I find the condoms someone had recommended many years ago that I bought on Amazon and pull two out of the never-opened box. I check the expiration date because I can't even remember how long ago I bought them. Phew, still good. Although there are only a couple months left, and don't condoms last for like five years? I rip off two condoms and throw them in my bag. Just two. I kind of laugh to myself, what do you think you're going to accomplish with two condoms? I don't know, but I notice I feel so excited about this. I text Misha. I packed two condoms. I've gone from hopeful to straight up delusional. Hot Girl Summer note to self number 16. Delusional thinking is always welcome. I head to the airport and Brittany's already there. She's dressed in a crop top and flowy pants. She looks adorable. I feel so happy and excited to be taking this trip with Brittany. Due to some health issues, Brittany has priority boarding, and so we are the very first ones to board the plane. Since it's a Southwest flight, we grab the first row. I sit by the window, and she sits on the aisle. As one does on Southwest, we lean in across the middle seat and chat intensely about nothing to discourage anyone from choosing that seat. There are only two people left boarding the plane, and it looks like we're in the clear. Just then, the second-to-last woman looks at me and asks, Is this seat taken? Nope, I say. Really? She gets a big smile and slides into the seat in between us. She introduces herself, and we ask if she's going to Sacramento for the festival. 
She's not. She tells us that she's going up for a convention. You will never guess what type of convention. I'm going to tell you, but first, let's play a game. The game is called How Well Do You Know the Podcast and How Much Does the Universe Really Love Us? So if you've been listening to the podcast and if you know me, what type of convention would I want to stumble upon? What type of convention would the universe send me to signal that something epic was about to happen in my life? Can you guess? Yes, that's right. A fireman convention. Yep, I'm going to Sacramento for the Golden Sky Festival. And there is also a fireman convention in town. which we would later learn was in the hotel directly next door to ours. Our hotel was on one end of the convention center and the hotel all the firemen were staying in was attached to the other side of the convention center. Only a two minute walk away. I'm sure you can hear, I have a big smile on my face. (laughs) Britt and I continue to chat with our new friend, Kayla. Well, this is perfect, Brittany says. Rachel's single and she's looking for a man. She actually has a podcast about it. You should check it out. It's really funny. Kayla pulls out her phone, follows the podcast, and then we all exchange contact information. But then Kayla starts crying. I'm sorry, she says, dabbing the tears from her eyes. I'm actually going for my husband's memorial. It feels like losing him all over again. Oh no, we're so sorry, we tell her. She tells us that the convention is actually an annual memorial. It's a very big celebration of life. There are a ton of events and a whole itinerary. Here, let me give you the itinerary of events, she offers. Tonight, everyone will be at the Iron Horse. Tell us about your husband, Brittany says, hugging the woman gently. His name was Mike. He was a fire marshal. We'd only been married eight years. It was too short. We found each other later in life, and he was my soulmate. There's hope for you, she says, turning to me. She tells us about Mike's battle with cancer. Brittany says she understands how difficult that journey can be because she's a nurse. She used to treat cancer patients, and now she works in hospice care. We continue to chat for the entire flight and decide to meet up for line dancing once we're back in Orange County. Hot Girl Summer note to self number 17, and we already know this, you can meet the best people on airplanes. Just be open to sitting next to someone new. We get to our hotel and check in. We put our bags upstairs and decide to head out and get some lunch. On our way to find some food, we walk by the Fireman Hotel. As we turn the corner, we see through the glass literally hundreds of firemen sitting throughout the lobby and the hotel bar. They are drinking and smiling and laughing. Brittany waves to them as we walk by. I immediately feel shy. I like getting attention, but I don't like feeling like I'm looking for attention. Brittany wants to go into the hotel, but I feel resistant. They have the bar roped off. It looks like they're hosting a private event in there. Seems to be some kind of whiskey tasting. I tell Brittany, let's go grab some food and come back later tonight. She seems annoyed, but agrees. Fast forward, we grab some food, walk around the park right by our hotel, change, and head out for our dinner reservation. Afterwards, we head over to the Fireman Hotel. We walk in, and the bar's pretty empty. There's no one here. We should be at Iron Horse, Brittany says. I still feel silly chasing a convention of firemen around, so I say, 
They're all staying here. They have to head back this way after, right? Reluctantly, she agrees to stay. We grab two seats at the bar and order drinks. I'm sitting in the seat at the very end of the bar, and she's sitting just to my left. Can we change seats, she asks. Um, sure, I say, getting up from my seat. I settle into my new seat and face her. She's now facing me and also looking towards the entrance of the bar. Just then, three guys walk in. I can see her eyes following them into the bar and over towards us. I only noticed one. He's at least 6'4", with dark brown, curly hair, big brown eyes, and a mustache that looks really good on him. Not everyone can pull off a mustache, but this guy looks like he's straight out of Top Gun. He's probably early 30s and has a gorgeous smile. And of course, he's a fireman. He walks over and up to us, smiling. Hi, he says. He turns to Brittany, smiles, and says, Hey, would you mind switching seats and sit over here? He points to the seat now to the left of me, on the other side of me. She rolls her eyes, sighs, and gets up. He slides into the seat. She just left, right next to me. That's better. How's your night going, he says. Wait, did he just ask her to move so he could talk to me? That has literally never happened before in my life. I'm stunned. Um, good, thanks. How's yours? Am I being punked? I really can't even take this in right now. This crazy hot man came over, looked at Brittany, asked her to move, and wants to talk to me. I glance over and notice Brittany with a scowl on her face, because now she's stuck talking to this other guy who she has no interest in chatting with. I'm Tony, says the young fireman, introducing himself. We start to chat, and then somehow we get on the topic of my time living in Spain. Oh, hablas espanol, he asks. Si, un poco. I can speak Spanish well, but now I'm nervous. He tells me his family's from Mexico, and we start speaking Spanish to each other for a bit. I learn that he's not here with the group, but rather he's in town for training. He's getting a promotion to be an engineer which is the guy who drives the fire engine. And he's here for a month. So we talk about his work and what it's like spending a month in Sacramento. And then we talk about how hard it is doing his job and how he has to compartmentalize portions of the job. I find myself telling him how much I respect the work they do and about my brother's death and the fireman who tried to save him. His face gets soft and he tells me that he just saved his baby niece from choking that his mom had been watching her and didn't know what to do and handed him the baby. Our conversation turns very intimate. Just then, Brittany leans over and moans, I'm bored. We should have gone to the iron horse. As I look over towards her, I see Tony's friend on the other side of Brittany make a motion, dragging his finger across his throat like a warning to his friend. In response, Tony immediately gets up and walks away to a nearby table and starts talking with some other girls. The guy's friend relaxes back into his chair, and Brittany turns to me and says, he went to talk to some hotter girls, and shrugs. I sit there feeling so stupid. I thought we were, like, vibing, but I guess not. Another fireman in their crew walks up and says, wow, he just went and talked to those other girls? I can't believe he did that. This guy offers to buy Brittany and I some drinks. Brittany wants to try the espresso martini and orders one, but since I've already been drinking, I say, I'm okay. I think I've had enough. The guy insists, and I end up also getting an espresso martini. 
Eventually, my young fireman returns to the bar and leans over me smiling. But by now, I've had more alcohol than I should have. And so I say, you totally missed out. I was buying your crap. He laughs and asks, what crap? I reply, you know, all that nice conversation, that crap. Well, I brought two condoms with me and now you're not going to get to use one. You totally missed out. Looking back, I'm horrified, but also amused. I can't believe I said that, but you know, Brittany and that other fireman totally riled me up, pointing out how he left to chat up some other girls. It wouldn't be until much later, though, that I'd start to wonder what exactly Brittany had said to the friend to make him drag his finger across his throat like that, warning his buddy to get up and leave. Because the other guy didn't move. He stayed put. Weird, right? At this point, Tony had walked deeper into the hotel bar, and the remaining firemen asked if we want to go to a nearby club to dance. But Brittany and I decided to go back to our hotel. We have a big festival to go to in the morning. And besides, I think I've had enough fun for one night. The next day, Brittany offers to help me with my hair and makeup. Just like when we were little. We put on our best country music festival outfits, and Brittany hands me her chunky turquoise bracelet. Here, wear this. I slip it on my wrist and we head down to the lobby. Just outside our hotel, the streets are blocked off and filled with fire trucks. Two ladders hang the largest American flag I've ever seen. I snap a photo and notice a guy next to me also taking a photo. He's wearing cowboy boots, so I ask him, are you going to the concert? I am, but my Uber driver can't get through to the hotel. I already had one driver cancel. He's a pilot, and he's on a quick layover, so when he learned that there was a festival in town, he decided to try his luck and see if he could get a ticket at the gate. He offers to share his Uber with us. He introduces himself. His name's Elliot, and he's from Texas. We start to walk in the general direction of his Uber, chatting along the way. This guy is funny and handsome and has a sexy Southern accent. Once we find his Uber, it's only a short drive to the concert venue. Elliot heads to the ticket booth to see if he can get a pass for the concert. Hey, take my number so we can find you, Brittany tells him. Hot girl summer note to self number 18. Don't be afraid to just give the guy your number. When he walks off to get his ticket, Brittany whispers to me, too bad he's gay. No, I don't think he's gay, I reply. Yep, and he's going to be my new best friend, she says excitedly. When he comes back, Brittany wraps her arm through his and they head off towards the merchandise booth. We spend the rest of the night together. Elliot is so much fun to hang out with. We push up to the front and watch Jordan Davis, who's the other artist I was excited about seeing, from the edge of the stage. We dance and take photos and have the best time. Elliot insists on paying for all our drinks all night long. Eventually, we find ourselves in the dance tent. It's packed with people drinking and dancing. I'm not a big dancer, but I danced my ass off. Seriously, I had a blast dancing with Brittany Elliott and the hordes of random people that surrounded us. We decide to leave a little early so we don't get stuck in the crowd. And when we walk out, there's a free shuttle with three empty seats. Elliot's also staying at our hotel, but since our hotel bar is closed for renovations, we head to the hotel where the firemen are staying. We walk in and it's packed. Elliot and Brittany go to the bar to get drinks. And since I'm kind of feeling like a third wheel at this point, I just kind of wander off looking to entertain myself. I pass a large table of about six guys and walk right up to them. One of the men looks familiar. Weren't you here last night talking to that tall fireman? He asks me. Uh-oh, I like your mustache, I say, changing the subject. They all have mustaches except one. I compliment each man's mustache. Hot girl summer note to self number 19. 
always compliment the mustache. I've been drinking, so I don't remember exactly what we started talking about, but eventually we got around to talking about coaching. What's his issue? One of the firemen asks me, pointing to his friend. I look closely at his face and then I say, hmm, you're afraid of letting people get too close to you. Is she right? The friend asks. Yeah, I guess that's accurate, he says. The friend then asks, okay, what's my issue? I stare deep into his eyes. He's got a devilish grin on his face. Oh crap, he's cute. He's got blonde hair, blue eyes, and a very nice build. He also happens to be the only one not wearing a wedding ring. And this guy is my type, which usually does not work out well for me. You like to be in control and don't like feeling out of control. He smiles. Well, yeah. We go around the table doing this with each guy, and they at least humor me. These guys are so nice, very respectful. They all freely and proudly speak about their wives. And then they tell me that this is an annual event and that there are a group of women who specifically fly up every year to attend. Oh, you mean like groupies, I ask? Exactly. From my research for the podcast, as you may recall, I know there are a number of nicknames for firemen groupies. So I ask them, oh, you mean like hose hose, fireflies? They nod and laugh. Knowing this, I feel so much better that we didn't chase the firemen around town. It feels so yucky to me to be considered a groupie of any kind. I'm more like a fan or a hobbyist or an enthusiast. I'm a fireman enthusiast. Just then, Brittany comes over to let me know that Elliot left and went back to the hotel, but she didn't want to leave me alone. At this point, my blonde fireman, who's been very chatty with me up until this point, starts chatting with Brittany. Not surprising. I continue to chat with the other firemen. One of them asks how I know so much about fireman groupie terminology. I laugh and tell him about the podcast and then say, firemen play a recurring role. In fact, if you look closely at the cover art, you'll see a fireman pictured there. No way, he says. What's the name of it? I love podcasts. I can hear Brittany saying loudly to the blonde fireman, oh, is she talking about her podcast again? That's so cute. She's always talking about her podcast. I don't really love the way she says that. It feels really yucky. I have to say, this weekend feels completely different than my other girlfriend weekends. Towards the end of the evening, one of the guys smiles big at me and says, it was really so great to meet you. Thanks for coming over to our hotel. We're about to call it a night, and then you showed up. You were definitely the highlight of the evening. And then a second guy leans in and whispers, and if you're having trouble meeting men, it might be who you're hanging out with. As we walk back to our hotel room, Brittany tells me about her conversation with a blonde fireman. He told me, you're so hot, I would love to date you. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Brittany definitely has that effect on men. I mean, people were literally coming up to her all weekend to tell her how hot she was. Men, women, I have seriously never seen anything like it. And then there's me. But thankfully, I've gotten to a place in my life where I feel really good about me. And now I finally understand why I used to feel invisible. It's funny because a couple times, girls would turn to me after gushing at Britney and say, oh, and you're really pretty too. I kind of laughed, like, thank you, but I'm okay. I don't need your pity compliments. She is gorgeous and she works really hard on looking gorgeous. From working out to hair extensions to perfect makeup to her impeccable taste in outfits. Finally, I don't have to make her being gorgeous mean anything about me. 
it's incredibly freeing. I just get to be me. Hot Girl Summer, note to self number 20. And this is the biggest one of all. Never let someone else's blessings mean anything about you. It's interesting though, because the fireman's statements at the end of the night ring in my ears. I have this strange out-of-body experience where all the healing I've done up to this point, and then this moment, this whole weekend so far, culminate into this massive understanding. My childhood circumstances made me feel invisible, think I was invisible. And then I took that on and acted invisible for the rest of my life. I just naturally learned to shrink back because why bother? I didn't stand a chance with Brittany around. And back there in that bar full of firemen, I feel rescued from that old story. (laughs) These firemen rescued me, or rather, maybe I finally rescued myself. Now it's Sunday and it's the second day of the festival. Eric Church is performing last tonight and I can't wait for his performance. We had such a blast dancing yesterday with Elliot that we head straight to the dance tent. The vibe is much different today though. First, it's 18 and overnight. The night before was 21 and over. So the tent is filled with young kids and the music's different too. It's much less my type of music and more house. It feels like a high school party, only I'm not in high school anymore. Plus, we don't have Elliot with us, so now we have these super young boys coming up and trying to dance with Brittany, and she's not having it. So I'm just kind of following her around the dance floor. As the night goes on, Brittany makes some new friends. She doesn't want to attend the concert portion. She wants to hang out in the tent and dance more. I tell her, I'm just going to go watch Eric Church on the screens outside. Unfortunately, he's playing on the other side of the venue, so... I'll just be watching him play on a satellite screen by the dance tent. Are you sure you don't want to stay and dance? She asks. Yeah, you stay here and dance. I'll just be right out there. Okay, we'll come check on you. Don't go far so we don't lose each other. I won't, I say. I'm eager to get out of the loud tent and into the cool night air. I find a wall and push my back against it and slide down to the grass. I sit and wait for Eric Church to come on. Small groups of people walk by me. Some people are drunkenly staggering. Some people are fighting. Some people are hooting and hollering. It's kind of dying down on this side since everyone is headed over to watch Eric Church's performance. I can hear the oomph, oomph, oomph of the dance music coming from the tent. I start to play on my phone so I don't look like a total loser or worse, a drunken target. As I sit there waiting for Eric Church's performance to start, I start to feel really sad. I realize this sadness isn't a sadness of not having a partner or even of being alone. It's a sadness for all the time wasted, all the time lost, all the opportunities missed. This makes me tear up because now I'm thinking about 12-year-old me. That poor little girl never had a chance. My thoughts are interrupted, finally, by Eric Church. His performance is starting 30 minutes late now. He plays a couple songs I don't know. Out of the corner of my eye, I see Brittany and one of her new friends walking back from the bathroom. I decide I've had enough. I walk back in and tell Brittany I'm ready to go. Absolutely, let's go, she says. We came out to find you. Did you see Eric Church? Yeah, he wasn't playing any of the songs I came to hear. Plus, he was 30 minutes late coming out. Kind of a huge disappointment, I say. Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. As we start to walk out, a cameraman stops Brittany and films her dancing for a couple seconds. Then we walk to catch the bus back home. Brittany's telling me about how much fun she was having, but that she definitely didn't want me to leave the concert alone. 
She tells me that four people stopped her on the way to the bathroom just to tell her how beautiful she was. I'm definitely wearing this outfit to the next concert, she says, smiling. We decide to stop at the fireman hotel to grab food. Since the fireman convention is over, it's pretty empty. A couple people have staggered over from the Sacramento Kings basketball game, and we chat with two couples sitting at the table next to us for a bit. All the excitement is behind us now. We head back to the hotel, and Brittany turns on the news and makes me a hangover cure. Drink this, she says. It will definitely help you. All of a sudden, Brittany screams, that's me, I'm on the news. Turns out the cameraman was filming Brittany for a segment about the Golden Sky Festival. Of course, she's thrilled. She immediately texts her boyfriend and Elliot to let them know. The next day, we fly home. And now I'm back home. And as always, I'm reviewing the trip. I honestly don't think I can fully articulate the healing that just occurred from this trip. I don't think I could have healed this part of me, this lie that I've been telling myself since childhood without actually reliving it from the place I am now. I've consciously understood that I'm worthy of being chosen. I even had that huge realization back in the Cougar Bar episode of season one that I don't want to be chosen by the men of Newport. But now I have the answer to the question, why would anyone choose me when they could have someone who looks like Barbie or a Kardashian? I now see that everyone has different taste in what they like and what they look for. I feel like I've been reborn. I can't describe it any other way than that. My eyes have been opened and I feel incredible. A huge wound, a huge belief system, a very old story, erased. I text Melissa that I'm feeling really raw from the trip and that I need to spend some time with a supportive girlfriend. I tell her, I'm simultaneously feeling more confident than I've ever felt in my entire life. Like, this is probably how it feels to learn there's no Santa Claus. Like, wait, this whole time I've been believing something that's not real, but also... I'm feeling really sad about the whole lifetime I've wasted believing that lie. I feel really sad for my younger self, for that little girl. Do you need me to bring you some ice cream and a teddy bear, she asks. We decide to go out and get some food. We sit and talk for hours. By the end of it, I feel ready to move into this next phase of my life. I don't want to wait around anymore. I don't want to hold myself back anymore. I'm ready to do things differently. And I feel so grateful for the support of loving girlfriends who want to see me succeed. I feel incredible. And now that I feel incredible, I start to think about dating again. And of course, my first thought is about Habab. I'm texting him, I decide. I let Melissa know this and she encourages me to wait 24 hours and see if I still feel like texting him tomorrow. I agree to wait 24 hours. Hot Girl Summer note to self number 21. Before you text him, sleep on it and make sure you really want to do that. I text Misha to give her an update and to let her know the plan. I've decided to text Hubba Hubba tomorrow. If you text him, how will you feel if he doesn't reply? She asks. Oh, he'll definitely reply. Why wouldn't he reply? I say confidently. But then I add, yeah, I'll be okay. And actually, I'll be relieved because then I won't have to think about it anymore. It's been a little bit of an energy leak for me. And this way, at least I'll know. Okay, she says. Then I think you should text him now. I mean, you can wait, but then you're just going to bring this idea up again in a couple weeks. What will have changed? If you want to do it, I invite you to just consider doing it now. Fair enough. She does have a point. I've actually already slept on this many, many times because now it's been almost 
three months since that fateful night with Hubba Hubba. Three whole months. Okay, so Misha's on board and Melissa's on board. But what about you? Here's the thing. Just hear me out. For the last 12 months, the most dates I've been on with any one person is three. And that was Hubba Hubba. And we had been talking for over six months. I think that's why it's so hard to let him go. We have a solid foundation built dating-wise. Nobody sticks around that long these days. We had three really good dates and six months of on and off texting. We have history. And you know what? I like him. I do. I'm not saying I'm going to marry the guy. Just get to the fourth date. Just break my losing streak. That's all. One more date and then I'll be done. Let's just see what happens. You can't say you're not curious. Let's just text him. Let's just see what happens, okay? Okay, so now that we're all on board, yes, I'm ignoring you shouting at the podcast app not to do this. I can hear you, but I'm pretending that I can't. So anyway, as I was saying, Misha's right, and we're all curious. So why not just text him now and see what happens? I go to the notes section of my phone where I already have my text to him written out. It's been there for weeks. It reads, so I'm curious, is there a statute of limitations on oral agreements? I find our last text communication, and then I cut and paste my message into the text thread and stare at it. It's like putting your foot out over a steep cliff, going down to a very rocky ravine. Ooh, look at me. I'm so daring. What if I just slipped? What if I just hit send? And since hitting send probably isn't as dangerous as dangling over a cliff, I hit send and I put my phone back down. Okay, it's done. I pick my phone back up to let Misha know it's done. And now I wait. I just stare at the phone, waiting to see if those delicious text bubbles are going to pop up. And then just four minutes later, I see them. And then, LOL, depends on the agreement. Bam, we're in. Taylor Swift's I Did Something Bad plays in my head. Seriously, though, why does it feel so good? I know, you hate this. And you're going to hate this even more. We're taking a short break for the holidays. So come back on January 18th to find out what happens next. And in the meantime, I'm wishing you a very, very happy new year. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. And actually, if you did, I'd appreciate it so much if you'd go leave us a five-star rating in the Apple Podcast app. And then be sure to come back next week to find out what happens next and to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. Let's spend the-